Okay, so I want to start this class again, not, we are going to read inside and we're going to have again very, very vivid descriptions of the efforts that a Jew who is a simple servant will put in his divine worship, in his avodat Hashem, in the serving of God. But again, I feel it's necessary because I do know that it, those descriptions are not always something that we are um, comfortable with. We, do, we may find that it is a lifestyle that we wouldn't support or condone, or wouldn't think that is necessarily ideal. So I do want to start quickly with an example. Today, one of the big things is um, uh, spatial exploration. Spatial exploration, but not only for the sake of spatial exploration, also for eventually uh, studying the actual possibility of inhabiting another planet, being within the solar system, and if one wants to already go more almost sci-fi uh, uh, hypothesis, but some people think it's not science fiction, it can be actual science, why only limit oneself to the solar system? Are there other exoplanets planets that revolve around other stars and other systems that actually could be inhabited. Of course, there's a little, lot of technological hurdles, like even getting to Mars is not a simple feature, but a lot of companies and organizations are actively working already towards such a goal. Just already first as a as a starting point, let's just already see if we can even get there, and then we'll we'll try and analyze: could we could, could we terraform, so to speak, a planet? Could we make it an inhabitable place, etc., etc., etc. Okay? Why am I saying this? Because now imagine a person would sign up for such a program. He would be told: Listen, you are going to be sent. The journey is going to take, well, again, if it's Mars, it might just be a couple of years. If it's in another system, we might be talking about decades. Um, we need to know how the human body can, can maintain a such, like, talking in decades, space travel. So you're going to have a very stringent uh, lifestyle. And to make the trip faster, you're going to be submitted to immense, like, called G-pressure, like accelerations, etc., etc., whenever we can get a jump of gravitation or whatever, you, you're going to be submitted to that. Okay, making a long story short, really not a fun ride. And it's going to last for a long time. It could actually be, it's going to last for the major part of his life. And the purpose will not even be for you. It will be for humanity. Actually, the guy has no kids. The guy or the woman, okay. it can be a man and a woman, no children. I want to say for generations to come, not their generations. The person doesn't have children, let's say the person doesn't even have parents anymore, doesn't have nieces or nephews, meaning it's not even my family. Like, why should I care? But, it, but still, we could very easily see a person saying, Yep, where do I find? What is in it for you? Nothing. The cause. I said, but one second, for all kinds of reasons, political and others, this whole program will be based on anonymous participants. We will not, because we don't want the press or whatever, doesn't matter. No one will ever know 
that scientific breakthroughs will have come through you. We can still, maybe half of the hands will go down, could be, okay? But there will still be a couple of hands, right? They will say, oh, let me get this straight. No one will know what you, that it was you. It's not for your descendants. What's in it for you? And the answer is the cause. Right? A person could be able to give his life, not to kill himself, but to give his life, to actually submit himself to a series of strings. I don't know if you heard, but like on spatial ships, like no shopping malls or clubs uh, or, or movie theaters. Like what kind of social life? Oh, you don't. You don't. Okay, so what do I eat? Oh, you eat. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, fine. So what? So the 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 how do you call it? The lifestyle, huh? <laughs> The lifestyle that he's going to be submitted to is a, you could say from a human perspective, not a fun one. Oh, he's going to be alive, but every day he's going to have to check machines, check uh, things, uh, make sure everything is running, etc., etc., etc. Maybe he's going to be alone, maybe not. Again, take this example as far as you want. The bottom line that I want to get to is this example that if, and it's not an if, we all know that the volunteers, and we know that we would have volunteers, wouldn't be in it for the glory, wouldn't be in for their posterity, they don't have any. Actually, they actually might be giving up the possibility of having posterity. Why are they doing it? For the cause. Humanity is an important cause. And for them, that is enough. Day in, day out, their life on that Space shuttle is going to be a strain. The way they sleep, the way they eat, it, the way they do everything. It's not easy. It's not, it's not human. But they, they wanted this. They said, this is important. This is what I want. I want to give up my comfort. I want to give up, I think, to be the one that will touch base with an exoplanet, let's say. No idea how we can travel that far, but this thing for the purpose of the hypothesis. Just to see, maybe we could do something there. Science will learn from it. No one will ever know that science learned it from me. And that's not the point. Pertinent can be, could be, think that's not, doesn't matter if my name is there or not. I think it would have been nice, but it's not the main motivation. Even if the person says, your name will never be there, the person says, well, I'll still do that. Because it's for science, it's for humanity, it's worth it. It's a lofty cause. You guys, are you seeing where I'm going with this? So we know this in our human existence. We know of such a behavior that, as, that from the moment you acknowledge a cause and it's a lofty one, you're willing to do a lot of sacrifices and although there's, so to speak, nothing in it for you, but you don't care. Because you know what bigger purpose it serves and that's good enough. Yes? So, I, there is actually a movie that was made that like, has a similar premise called Passengers and it's about these people who like, get locked into capsules and spend, I, I don't know if you know all these movies, but okay. You're nodding, so I'm like, I'm not sure if I should stop explaining. But, um, but basically they get like, sent into capsules to go like, create a new like, human colony somewhere and like, then they wake up and it's all dramatic. But, um, like, not. Uh, there's this one guy who's like, yeah, I went because they said they need 
for instance, um, where he like he, he knows that he's using he wasn't doing anything that felt like fulfilling with his engineer skills or his life in general. And here he felt like this is something that is fulfilling to me. So it seems to me that any cause like that, and including people who are taking on keeping Torah, even though there are pieces of it that don't make me happy in the moment, there's a sense that I'm living a fulfilled life. Is that not a benefit to myself, even if no one else knows that I'm doing it and my children, it doesn't benefit or whatever, like, but for myself, today I wake up knowing my life on a purpose. So let me answer you with, you know, the famous uh, to be or not to be is a, that's the question. Uh, let's rephrase that according to this minor. To be, not to be. Take away the or. To be, not to be. That is the goal. Meaning a person will decide, my purpose is to put myself away. Because through that, something great is being achieved. But sure, the re- I decided to submit myself to it, but not for the personal benefit. Because the greater cause is going to be served by it. Sure, I'm aware. So of course there is a fulfillment. But that sense of fulfillment is not the motivation. And that's why I'm going back to this astronaut. who is not doing it because of the fulfillment. He's doing it because it's it's the cause of science and the future of humanity, period. That's very important. Not every one of us would necessarily agree to sign up for such a spatial mission. No. We would say, but we would say, congratulations, and follow the person who would. Because we would understand the idea to just say, mm, I don't know if I'm up to that. that. That's tough. Like, when do I come back? Oh, no, you don't come back. Come again? <laughs> no, you can't, can't come back. I mean, it's, 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 it takes 60 years to get there, so like, how, how do you want to come back? It's not, it's not possible. Lifetime is not long enough. So one time, no, okay. Let me recap. So, uh, how uh, data, data, we're going to get all the data. We, you're going to serve a great goal. And still, we would, and we know we would have volunteers. We would have for people say, Where do I sign up? Yes, I want to be part of that initial, initial crew of those first human beings because it's going to serve. So, as, so we can have this idea. Again, I know, not easy. That's why also what this Mimer describes is not easy either. Because that astronaut, not everybody would agree to be such an astronaut because of the heavy human price. But we at least respect it and we see, wow, good for you, that you have it in you to do. This is what this mimer is describing. This mimer is describing a person who would not have that kind of attitude, but for him the cause is HaKadosh Baruch Hashem. That's the cause. His cause is not exoplanets or spatial exploration. His cause is HaKadosh Baruch but he has the same state of mind, but in Kedusha. So once you have this example, at least you have what you call like the attitude of, okay, respect. I don't know if I could do it, not to the extent that it's being described, but you have my deepest respect. And not saying, wow, that's crazy. Why would someone be religious to such an extreme manner? He's not religious to an extreme manner. 
He decided to be, not to be. It's a decision to give himself over 100%. That is what he wants. And this is what he's going to describe here in the, in the, in the coming passages. The coming passages, yes, describe an ideal. Can we all sign up for it here and now? The answer, of course, is no. Can we relate to it, understand it, and respect it? Yes, yes, yes. We have to relate to it, we have to understand it, to respect it. Can we sign up for it? That's a different discussion. We have a person saying, listen, I'm not so religious, I'm not so committed yet to spirituality, like a person will say, I'm not an astronaut. Meaning, I like science, I'm not going to give my life over to go spend 60 years in space. Mm. Hello. Uh, okay. I like you, NASA, or whatever. Uh, what is the other guy? Musk. Elon Musk. Okay, so I, like, I like you, but <laughs> let's stay friends. Uh, on a distance, without benefits. Uh, meaning, <laughs> meaning, so just so you say, okay, I like you, I can give you a donation from time to time, I'll come and do a little bit of ben uh, uh, like voluntary work, I'm not going to give my life to you, okay? No, no way. So it could be that the same thing a person is with HaKadosh Baruch It could be. I heard them saying, listen, I'm into religion, I'm into spirituality. Whoa, this is okay, this is all the way in. I'm not there yet. Fine. But I can still say, wow, good for you, whoever you are, if you're there. Instead of saying, wow, he's such an extremist ultra-orthodox. No, he's not an extremist ultra-orthodox. He's someone who decided to give his life for the cause. That's like the person who would go on a space travel of 60 years. And you would say, wow, all my respect, right? Really, I don't know if I could do it. But <coughs> would you wish you could do it? Yeah, I guess so. I wish I had it in me. Or maybe you do. This is what the mind is out to say. First, understand that there is such a thing. Understand the value of it. And then, start working towards it. It's not zero or hundred. It's not <coughs> nothing or something. It's, life is complex, sometimes more, sometimes less, etc. Et yeah. So, and I think you jumped ahead a little bit here, but what precludes you from not doing that joyfully? If you like believe in this cause so much, then why wouldn't you do like, yeah, I'm eating this disgusting food, but I'm doing it for this cause, so I'm happy about it. Yeah. That was the part that I didn't address. The, the answer will be in the mind. Because, for example, when it comes to this astronaut, we understand that he can't have a burger and french fries. It's just not, it's not possible. It's not something that, like, you're going to have to eat, like, dried up food, etc., etc., etc. It's not possible. We can't, we can't put stuff that you would like in a journey. This is the understand. What we'll have to understand in this manner is that one of the things that you can't bring along as the journey is basic human nature. Basic human nature is part of the problem. And we have to understand it. That's part of the thing that I'm not bringing with me. Because there are problems. Get the idea? In the space travel, we understand why he can't bring in all kinds of stuff, etc. Because they don't go together with the requirements of, of, of the travel. 
but he is who he is. So he can bring himself. Oh, yeah, sure. And he can bring his good mood and spirit. Of course, I mean, preferable. You can most probably go through psychological evaluations that he has a positive mood and he can actually withstand such a thing. Here will come something tricky. Because in this travel towards Hashem, what I'm not bringing in me is physical existence and human instinctive nature. Everything is being, everything has to be like, like bio food. Everything has to be refined. So, we'll get to the words and then we'll see. Yeah, I'll take one last question and then we start reading inside. Let's go ahead. No, go ahead, Mallory. Is it better to be the joyful servant? Or, like, I'm confused about the relationship between the two. We'll see in this, in this minor, in this passage that we get to, the added value of the simple servant. Where he does it, what does he bring more to the table? Sure, on one hand, it did seem that the joyful servant was preferable because you're like more committed more in more enthusiastic etc etc and you have a good life but the simple servant brings something else to the table that we'll see now it does relate to what Sarah also asked so let's start reading it inside okay I am going to read quickly because it's the paragraph that that is unless it's the, there's a, there's a, a, a sentence that you, you want me to translate again then just say so so now we're going towards Avodat Hashem. Okay? We're going completely into divine service. So too, in the divine worship. The divine servant doesn't take for himself a single thing from his perfect worship. He doesn't do it for itself. Only the satisfaction for his master. He knows that this is what his master wants. And nevertheless, also, although there is nothing in it for him, he can put all his efforts in his worship. And he will put his life as if he is an ox that has a yoke. And he will he will uh, uh, um, like lower his shoulders to take upon himself to carry oil Torah, the yoke of Torah of mitzvahs and mitzvahs. Av Baal and he will do that even against his will, meaning things that he doesn't like to do. Kinas and Allah oil Or again, you see where the choice is being emphasized. For he put upon himself the yoke of the of the heavenly kingdom, as an iron yoke, for the divine worship. To the point that it has become for him, as real nature. He has like, he has been acquired and he has been quote-unquote, pierced, meaning openly uh, acquired, with his whole essence, to his master. He doesn't have any existence for himself, and I'm going back to the 60-year trip astronaut. When does he have days off? 
There's no such a thing. Okay, what does it have time of? There's no such a thing. You're running the ship. It's 24-7 all the time. If, let's say, he's alone. Like, you have to keep it going. You're the one running it. You want to have to check oxygen levels, fuel levels, you name it, electricity levels. You're the one running it. When do I get to go on a break? You don't. Even your breaks are part of, I mean, if you have to, like I have to sleep. They go sleep sitting. Like in front of the uh, control panel. Whatever, you, you get the idea. You submitted yourself, again, the guy decided. Yeah, the person decided to submit themselves to that servitude. It becomes a servitude. You became a slave of this. Yes, but there's a cause. There's a cause that I'm serving. And that is worthy. We're going back to Avodat Hashem. And that is why Ever Kazeh, such a servant, the only thing he has to do, what he what is uh, uh, placed upon him, only with a yoke. He has no joy, he has no pleasure at all in his in his work. quite the contrary, who He's always uh, in, with humility, the nivzebeinav, and even despicable in his eyes. We'll get back to that point not later, because here's where the example where the astronaut doesn't work. Why should you be despicable? Without having any ego. Even if he finishes his whole work properly, everything that was placed upon him, according to the will of his master, he still doesn't have ego from it. Because he's always considered as a servant to his master. It's not about him. To the point that even if he does gain something, it will go and belong to his master. And that is the kind of level of divine worship that is referred to in a passage of the Mishnah, of the teachings of the, the, the sages, that say, Don't be like servants, who are servitude is rewarded with prices, but, it, but be like someone who is not out to receive anything for him. Everything is for his master. Just, I'm just saying, uh, one, the one who said this was Tzadok. Tzadok, the name of the sage who said it was called Tzadok. And Rabbi Tzadok said, Rabbi Tzadok, Rabbi Tzadok said, don't be the way of serving HaKadosh is in a way where there is nothing in for you. Two of his students felt that this is not compatible with Torah teaching that does talk about rewards and brachos and blessings. And because of this, of course there was a background, but because of this, they rejected his teaching and the teachings of the masses altogether, and they were the first ones to start a movement of 
to be, let's say, Bible critics. They are the Tzedekim. Yeah, like, why do you drink and be married? Huh? And they, like, eat, drink, and be married. They, yeah, in a way. They, they quoted this other person. But they were religious. Okay, so people today say, we also only believe in written Torah. They don't. Oh, they I, good question. I wonder that they call it themselves that, but that people refer to them as the Tzeduki. Why am I putting this historical element in here? Because, yeah, the Rebbe Rashab describes the level of Avodat Hashem, of the simple servant, and he says that is the level that is described in this Mishnah, in that Mishnah, but we do happen to know that the author of this Mishnah also, no, no, not the author, but after the author of this Mishnah, Rabbi Tzadok, taught such a level, but he taught such a level as being the standard model. Well, some of his students could not accept that, that that is the standard model. So here the Rebbe Shab is not saying this is the standard model. He's saying this is a model. It's a model. It is a level that is described in that Mishnah. Does it mean that it's the only model? Oh no, it's not the only model. We spoke before about the joyful servant. We spoke before about the son. And we can even speak about someone who is not really a servant. I mean, he doesn't really do everything. So, it's very, very interesting to quote that Mishnah that actually was the cornerstone of a, so to speak, a religious rebellion against a, an approach in Judaism that would be so in French you say ascetic. But you're not ever hard would I say that in English. Ascetic. You know what it is in French? Yeah, but I don't know how to describe it. It's like a life where you you ascetic, you say that in, in English as well? It means like where you like separate yourself from pleasure and it Austere, you say that as well. Yeah, you can say austere as well. Like, it's so Rabbi Tzadok prescribed this as being exact that this is Judaism. There's a religious rebellion. They know this is not Judaism. Judaism is, but just said, eat, drink, have fun, but not necessarily because tomorrow we die. I mean, like, like it is, can hedonism have a place in Judaism? Yes, no, maybe a little bit, not at all. See, kind of a spectrum of opinions. Like, how, like am I allowed to have fun as long as it's kosher and mutter? Can I still have fun as much as I can? Or not, is that the mitzvah of kadoshim to you? Be holy, like behave in a way that you're not completely ascetic, but where you don't let yourself go in any kind of physical pleasure that you can indulge. Like, should there be self-indulgence or not? So the person hold back on pleasures. So here this model is the, this model described here, describes the servant that has as a goal to zero self-indulgence. It's a goal. And he's going to strive, not because it's us, sir, but because you have to serve your master 100% of the time, all the time. So there's no time for self-indulgence. There's no place for self-indulgence. Because self-indulgence means making it about yourself, but as I said before, 
the goal is to be, not to be. So, so, uh, so automatically, self-indulgence is out. Because it's about being, not you. It's about being for Hashem. And now here comes Sarah. There's a little bit of an answer ready to your question. I, I cannot take the question. I'm just afraid that I'm... Ah, translation, okay. What is Yerviach? to gain. Hebrew, Revach. Benefit. Well, beginat Evet, because about such a servant, Oma David, David says, Sameach Nefesh Avdecha. Bring joy to the soul of your servant. Interesting verse. Sameach Nefesh Avdecha. Hashem, bring joy. Like, isn't, isn't the Jew supposed to be joyous? He has to be the Simcha. You have to be the Simcha. What does the David say? Hashem, rejoice your servant. He says, Ki evet kazeh, because we're talking, David is talking about such a slave, such a servant, and that the, that the master will have to rejoice. For he has no joy and satisfaction in his work, in his whole efforts. And that is why he said, Hashem, you bring joy. Usually, joy comes from within. Comes from a sense of fulfillment, of attainment of something. But when a person lives a nullification of oneself, he can't have joy from his soul because he he denies himself in a way joy. Because it's all about the mission. So he's extremely serious. I know. It's a kind of lifestyle that we, we're not sure we want to sign up for that. But again, we wouldn't sign up for a 60-year space travel either. I guess so. I'm going in a limit. I don't know each of you individually enough to know that you wouldn't, but I'm going to go out on the limb. Suppose that there won't be so many candidates that do want to go on a 60-year, one-way space travel mission. Um, but would say, good for you if you do it. So, here it says he doesn't want to have joy. Why doesn't he want to have joy? I'm going to get back to that. But and why doesn't he want to have joy? But he does deny himself joy. But the Abish that wants, that God, Hashem wants people to be joyous. So says David Amalek. So you have, will have to put joy in his heart. He will feel joyous, not because of fulfillment and attainment. Huh? Just People would say today, chemicals or hormones, whatever. He would feel joyous. But not a joy that usually, as by a person, a regular person, develops joy in an egocentric way. I am joyous because I, you see there's already twice the word I in the sentence. That's how we develop joy. There's, there has to be a, some kind of egocentric uh, part to joy. Not, why should I be joyous? You see, here you go again, I. So how would he be joyous if he negates, if he denies the sense of I, myself? Well, indeed, he cannot be unless he's being injected, so to speak, with, <coughs> with joy. Okay. Is there like a specific Hebrew explanation of why in some languages, if I want to say I love ice cream, like I would say I love ice cream or I have it, or in Russian, the same thing, whereas like in Spanish, you would say me encanta, like that it, it becomes the subject and it, like, not in 
But there is me. There's still me. It's just presented differently. It's presented from, it starts from what produces, but it produces by me. And so, and then again, if you would have, if you would have a follow-up question, why does that produce joy by you? Then your sentence will be, because I, you see. So, sure, the initial sentence might start the other way around, but it will eventually circle around to the same thing. Uh, while here, you ask the person, why are you joyous? What will be his answer? I don't know. Exactly. He's joyous? But there's no I. That's like, is that like ultimate joy? You could, maybe, in a way. It's not a, he's joyous. It comes middle mile. So there's no I. Huh? He is joyous, but if Hashem gives it. That's why Tfilala David. David prays and says, Hashem, you have to give joy to that kind of servant, because if not, his whole life will be devoid of joy, because he denies himself. We're going to get back to uh, Yes, yes, yes. Um, are we disregarding the fact that there's a mitzvah to be joyous? And so if you're doing everything that God wants in a mitzvah, or just a mode of being no, it's a mitzvah? I, I'm going to pass on the question. It's a, it's a, because I have to think about it myself. And because before you also talked about Abba the Euro that this person right. can really yeah. have. It, it's an interesting... I, I, haven't, I haven't myself yet come to a clear definition of is that a perfect model? Because he's bringing out an, a plus, but is it a perfect model? Since the person is lacking things like maybe Avas Hashem, Yerush Hashem, or but no, Yerush Hashem he has because he has a little much time, but definitely Avas Hashem and Simcha. But okay, there could be a Simcha in Mitzvah in itself, or a Simcha a means, and then because the person cannot have, it's like he's a Oynes, meaning he's like prevented from doing it. Then Hashem provides him, so it's not an Avera. In the country, like it's for a holy reason that a person. Like a shliach that went to a very small community, to, he doesn't know He's an aver, an aver, an aver on country. He's doing mitzvahs because he's bringing Yiddish guy as is brought by 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 way. It's chubas nalacha before shlichas. We're really talking about it in Eastern Europe about that someone was asked to become a shaykhet somewhere, and he asked the child in halacha, he asked the question in halacha, can I go and become a shaykhet, a ritual slaughterer, in, in, a, in a like distant place where there's no minion? And the answer establishes very clearly, yes, 100%. Because, because you are dedicating yourself to something bigger, it's okay, so you miss out on that, but it's not, it's not, it's not an affair. Yeah. Is it possible for the simple seven to have a Hashem, or is that already a joy seven? Yeah, it's, it's difficult for him to have a it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Chen, Chen, uh, yeah. So the servant can never have joy unless the gem takes it. So he still has to have it. But if the servant wasn't serving God, is that the only way for him to have joy? Or if he wasn't serving him, he yeah. Again, we, we have to continue inside because we have to understand why are we talking about someone who couldn't have joy? And I already said it a little bit, but we're going to have to read it inside. We are talking about someone who is intentionally out to negate himself all the time. It's part of the program. Yes. So if he negates himself all the time, then automatically, you get it? 
he closes his person off. So how can he be joyous? Since he doesn't want to be. He wants to be, not to be. Okay. Usually to get joy, joy is an expression of self. And that's what joy is. Joy is a state of being. But if I deny myself to be, well then obviously I can't be joy. By the way, I won't be sad either. Any that's the good yeah, that's the good part. I won't be sad. I'll be invested in a cause. I won't be, it's not about me, who cares? Okay. So, so the person went, is going, but now we have to explain why, why, the Chama, we have to get to that point. Why does the person deny, where did Hashem ask him to deny himself, to negate his being? Why is it, do Torah, do mitzvahs, put tefillin, eat kosher, do Shabbos, do, get married, have kids, you name it, right? Why do you have to negate yourself? Like what? What are you doing that for? Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to want to get. This is the part that we're getting to, to explain why is he also, in a way, fighting himself. Why? Chill. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. No, really, chill. It's okay. You can be religious and just chill. Just be yourself. Be happy. Have a good life, etc., etc. No, he's like giving. He's like all in, one hundred percent. And part of what is in, that he puts in, is himself. Even his expressing of him, himself, that, that is also in. And we have to explain now why. This is where we get at. Okay, so if I can just hold off the question, because we have to understand. That's why David says, Rejoice the soul of your, of your, uh, of your servant. And by the way, he says, Later on, there will be an explanation. In a, in a later discourse, there will be an explanation of the joy. But anyways, in those verses it says, Why does that servant have to be rejoiced by Hashem? For, the verse says, For to you, Hashem, I, 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 I carry my soul, I lift my life. Which means that the person has a self-sacrifice. To take upon himself such a yoke, to cast away his life entirely, to nullify any desire, any nature, to wear out, so to speak, literally, I know it's not an easy word, to wear out his life in this divine worship. So to speak, this person is carrying his soul. And he gives himself over completely. To be pierced, quote unquote, as a constant servant. I do, I can, however, but we're still not, we didn't yet explain it. And I hope I'm going to get it because he's going to again give an example and then he's going to give development. But I am already able to give a certain analogy. Again, with this very long-term space travel, where part of part of the goal of that mission 
besides being able to get to a planet and being able to eventually colonize it, is also to see to what extent can a human body resist space travel. So in a way, deprivations are not sadistic, they are scientific. Because we need to know what can or cannot be done. So you're going to say, okay, so he's like basically a guinea pig. Uh, yeah, I know, not, not a nice comparison, but it could be. Science needs to know how much can you do without. We would have to know for the future who can go and who cannot go. Huh? Science. Ah, ah, in the analogy? Yeah. yeah, okay, so here's not a direct analogy. I'm going again that sometimes it could be that the deprivation is not a side effect of the mission. It is an actual object of research of the mission itself. It's not, it happens to be that since you're traveling so far and there's no Starbucks in outer space, then you'll have to do without. Sucks. No, it's not a side thing. No, no, it is an object of research in itself. To see how the capacities of a human being. What are his capacities? We need to know. And there's no way of knowing that without someone doing it. There's no one doing it. Pasteur injected himself. Well, but you have to know if it works. Did he die? No. That's why we have vaccines. We have shots. But he had to. Okay, animals, but that's still not a proof. We still need to know if it's going to actually work. Why, why am I getting it? Because we think, this is what he's going to get at, we think that since he's giving himself to Torah and Mitzvah and to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so as a side effect, he happens to have lots of deprivation. Comes the man and says, no, 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 no. It's not a side effect. It is a, the, it is part of the avoid itself. Because the avoider will be to go against human nature. To understand it. It is part of what we are doing. It's not a side effect of what we're doing. It's not on one, on one hand, we're doing Torah mitzvahs, but since we're doing it so much, so we don't have any more time for the rest of the stuff, so, ah, tough luck. It happens to be that you're going to lose out. No. Wrong. It's not it happens to be. That is part of the goal that we want to attain. Not only to do Torah mitzvahs, but also to attain the ability of getting rid of basic human traits. Like, not character traits. Like, factory settings. That you have to do and you have to... No, 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 no. I'm going to push this, this. See, whatever I don't have to do. Don't have to. Well, you have to have fun, you know. Well, you have to, from time to time, do things where you, where you indulge a little bit in pleasure. 
Because this is itself going to be the object of the work, of working against that. And then the mimer is going to explain, but why? Why? What is so important? And he's going to explain, because now we only have a couple of minutes left, so in a nutshell, I'm already giving you a heads up of what is going to come next is because human existence or physical existence in general, which human existence is part of, stems from klipot, from things that are not overtly holy, overtly spiritual. And every time you subdue a klipa, in a way you squeeze the energy out of it, and it goes back into the holiness that now brights, that shines brighter. That work? Since even klipo, even the unholy layers of existence, receive their energy through holiness. <coughs> so if I subdue them, I, so to speak, squeeze them, what happens with the energy that is within them? Goes back up. And then, holiness becomes brighter. So there's an active goal to subdue everything that is openly too physical. Yes? It feels like fighting a losing battle because every new person who is born is born with an awareness itself. Yeah. So as, as much as like, let's even say that I am that astronaut, right? In this, but like in, the, in this context. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm going to cut short. Nora, Nora, I understand your question. I'm going to cut short to your question. You're 100% right if we would be in a closed circuit system. Meaning that there's a certain X amount of, let's say, fluids, energy, going through the pipes. So, yeah, sure, I'm squeezing it here, and it goes back up there, but then, oops, someone else is being born again. Uh huh. And then, basically, you're going nowhere with this, because it's the same amount of energy that is just going round and round, a little bit like the first rule of physics, where nothing is created, nothing is lost. Things are only being transformed. So yeah, you could think that, but the answer is we're not in a closed circuit. We are in a very, very dynamic algorithm. That is, if you want, it's, it's not physics, it's quantum physics. The system is alive and it interacts and Hashem keeps score. And we are not privy, so we are just being given the rules. But you're right, if I'm going from like a kind of physical approach, then 100%, like it's a losing battle, because you won here and then you lost again over there, and you're just going in circles, and this is going nowhere. The answer is, yeah, but it's, it's not a closed circuit. It's more quantum physics, and, and the Abish is saying, this is more, this is done, and this is not going anywhere anymore. And then we create something else, and again it's going to be subdued, and it, it gives, again, more kuchas into Kedusha, and Kedusha, holiness, keeps on, keeps on uh, thriving more and more. Yeah, I have two questions, but I, do, I am going to free the class, because I want to listen to the question. can do so. Really, but the class is over. Go ahead. So, by the definition we just described the simple servant, is the simple servant considered a sadi? Because, like, in, although maybe it's not of his own desire, in reality, they're only serving Hashem, and they're only doing good 
the best thing that he can get to is what is called tzaddik varalo. Meaning that he's a tzaddik that still has within him the potential of doing wrong, but it's never going to happen. But potentially it's still there. Like, like they say, could this astronaut potentially have a breakdown and blow up the shop? Yeah. Meaning we did all the tests that it shouldn't happen, but you never know. Right, so by the definition here, it's saying that this servant is doing everything only for God. Like, just based on the definition, it seems like that. that it, it could be either a benoni, which could also be a benoni. He just has a bigger fight with himself. But here, it sounds that he's pretty committed. So he does relate more to what is called sadik veralo, someone who is already more like a sadik. He doesn't really fight it anymore. He doesn't have to fight himself. But potentially, meaning he can't let his guard down. Tzadik, vera, lo. And, and evil is in him, is to him. And, and yeah. So, so, you're, so, so doing this in the nature and that we work in the sparks from people, yeah. are those sparks just released into the world? Or do they go back to Hashem? They go back to Hashem. So, again, it's a, it's a kind of a whole uh, a circuit. They go back into holiness. But the level of holiness that will eventually shine within, within creation, but not yet. So they don't go just into Hashem, like to disappear into the original state of all things. They go into holiness, into Hashem, but the ultimate, <coughs> the ultimate step, the ultimate level will be that all that added divine revelation that mankind produced by this interaction I, I want I, I know I, I would I would need the whole class of, of physics maybe some of you I sometimes I, lately I, I came I, yeah my, you guys picked it up already I do like to associate science with my work and uh, so lately I thought that in a way a lot of Avodas Hashem that we do especially fighting with Clippers is a kind of a, a, a large, large Hadron Collider where you like smash things into each other but then they reveal a new potential, mm-hmm. new particles, new elements that actually are the core of everything. So for now this, the sparks are still hanging out in the sphere? Yes, yeah, they're still <coughs> hanging out but the ultimate level will be where they will then reveal themselves within existence. That's it for today. <laughs> Have a great rest of the day.